So, Caitlin, who are we canceling today? You know what, Oliver? I think it's about damn time that we did this. We're canceling you. Oh, no! The cancel daddy's going down. <laughs> womp womp. Hey, everyone. I'm Caitlin Burns. And I'm Oliver Ash Klein. And you're listening to Cancel Me Daddy. The show where we take a closer look at the panic around cancel culture. With thoughtful analysis. And verbal shitposting. Okay, so folks might have uh, noticed we've been on a little hiatus and we have been working some stuff out during that time. Um, and, and we've got some some big news. Yeah, really apologize for not putting out a new episode in quite a while. Uh, Oliver and I have both had a lot of stuff going on in our own lives, um, but you're kind of alluding to this, Oliver. Why don't you go ahead and share your news? So I am sadly going to be leaving the show. You know, I've really loved making this show with you, Caitlin. I've really had a good time doing this, but it just doesn't make sense with kind of my life and my capacity anymore. And so, yeah, that's just that's just where I am. I am very sad about this. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'll just say this off the top. Um, recording these episodes with Oliver has always been like a highlight of whatever week we're doing that in for me. Even if we're both in like terrible moods when we go to record, once we hit the record button, all of that goes away. I know that you guys noticed it, but we've always been vibing. And I think beyond all of that, I mean, Oliver is incredible. Uh, I think a lot of you know that uh, they've edited all of our episodes. I think it was our vibe that made the show special. And I'm really going to miss that. Um, I mean, look. Caitlin is the star of the show. I think that that's going to continue. Like, yeah, I think there's going to be things about the show that that shift, but like, it's still definitely going to be a good show, and you're going to fucking kill it. So I'm not I'm not worried about you. <laughs> um, so a lot of you might be wondering, like, what's happening going forward. I will say uh, I don't have a lot of details to announce right now, but I have arranged for at least a temporary co-host. I haven't decided yet if over the long term, I'm going to turn this into a solo podcast where we sort of uh, banter with guests every week, or if I want to find a permanent co-host to replace Oliver, but we'll definitely be getting an editor and moving forward. Keep an eye on our Twitter feed. I refuse to call it X. I will never call that company X, but keep an eye on our podcast Twitter feed for updates in that arena going forward. For our last show, we wanted to kind of talk about how our ideas around cancel culture have changed and talk about some of our favorite episodes. So do you want to get to it, Kate? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> well, we made it through the intro without crying, so that's good. That is good. That is good. So so how long ago did we start this show? We started in, I want to say, February. It was right before the pandemic of 2020, yeah? Was it that long ago? I thought it was 2021. I'm spreading disinformation. <laughs> yeah, we started in February 2021. And I remember our early vibe was very like dunky. Like we dunked on whatever the ridiculous conservative headline was. And I was um, so much worse at talking on the microphone. 
We both were. I was so bad though. <laughs> um this so it's been it's been an interesting ride because mm-hmm. when we first started it, like conservatives were obsessed with cancel culture. Like even mm-hmm. more so than they are now. Like they were campaigning on cancel culture. They were trying to win elections on it. And I think we timed it really well because we sort of came in at the height of that conservative panic. And then as time went on, I feel like conservatives sort of shifted away slightly. I mean, they still talk about cancel culture just a ridiculous amount of the time, but they've sort of shifted away from it as sort of a core issue of theirs. I think partly because they like to do their own canceling, (laughs) Um, which we've talked about on this show many times, M&M's, you know, trans Instagram stars coordinating with Bud Light. The list goes on and on and on. And over that time, our show has shifted as well. We sort of got away from the constant mocking of like Tucker Carlson and the Atlantic. And we started having really cool conversations about like how we use social media. Yeah, I think that one thing that's like shifted for me is sort of, uh, you know, I've healed from a lot of like my own trauma or and started to understand things in different ways and like understanding the ways that like abuse is cyclical and the ways that cancel culture uh, and some of the online harassment and, and the trends that we see can really cause harm within like leftist spaces or more progressive spaces. And so having like a lot more nuanced conversations Uh, about cancel culture and also kind of as, uh, I don't know, as my like politics have shifted more to an abolitionist framework, just thinking a lot about the conversations we're having and kind of what canceling quote unquote means and, you know, how to move through the world in a different way. You know, I think that like the reality is that like cancel culture or, you know, canceling quote unquote is sometimes like the, the only option when, you know, someone has a lot of power and is doing bad stuff. And like, we're talking about folks who, who don't have a lot of power that they're hurting. Um, and so, you know, the reality of the world that we live in is like, yeah, but also like cancel culture isn't new. These uh, modes of like protest or boycott or whatever, they've been around forever. This is not new. And, you know, in reality, I wish we lived in a very different world, but this is the one we live in. And, you know, sometimes it's a necessary, you know, I would say sometimes it's like a necessary evil because the, the other evils are worse. <laughs> Yeah, it's been called different things over time. And I thought that some of our episodes, particularly with Michael Hobbs, have really helped us explore that area because like he did a lot of research on, um, you know, moral panics of the past. And he gave us a really cool perspective. I felt like taking the modern day discourse and setting it into a, a historical reality where this stuff has always existed. It's just been called different things, you know. I can remember not that long ago when it was call-out culture and nobody said cancel culture, and then it, it, it shifted. And people will tell me till the cows come home that those are two different things. And I'm like, yeah, I think they're kind of the same thing, but our ideas around them have shifted over time. And that's my own take anyway. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the name of our show, because yeah. it's such a good name. Yes. So when Caitlin <laughs> first proposed this name, I was like, damn it. <laughs> That's such a good name. That's such a good name. Um, and for for personal, there were some personal reasons that it kind of made me squicked mm-hmm. out. Um, but I was like, 
uh, those were like, it doesn't matter because the name's so good. Like, obviously it has to be called this. Um, and you know, I love, I love the transformation of me being kind of, uh, uncomfortable with that to embracing the title of the cancel daddy to listeners can't see it, but currently in my, my recording frame, there's a, there's a ball gag, (laughs) um, very unprofessional. You know, I wasn't going to say anything. Look, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad we're friends and this is okay. Cause, <laughs> um, so yeah, there's been, there's been a lot of growth on this end. Um, <laughs> I actually feel like, um, being able to joke about being the cancel daddy, um, cer- certainly, certainly helped with some of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, to me, you will always be the cancel daddy. Um, I'll come back from time to time to cancel some shit. Let's go. I'm looking forward to it already. Um, yeah, apparently there are people who thought that we were both the cancel daddy, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Wait a second. Are you cancel mommy? Uh, uh, <laughs> see, I have to work out. I have to work through my own shit around that Ooh. word. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if I want to call myself that either. I'd rather just be like the cool cancel aunt. That's fair. Have we actually talked about? the point of the name of our show i don't think we have do you want to let let listeners in yeah. on the full extent of the joke so when we were talking about making this podcast and trying to come up with names i was thinking about the typical like cancel culture warrior right like connor Friedersdorf at the atlantic who just has the most inane writing of all time and he writes about the same thing over, over and over and over again it's like co- what are college sophomores getting mad at um in like new england or whatever And I thought about, like, Barry Weiss, who will just say the most ridiculously bigoted stuff. And then, like, she she gets off on the negative attention, I think. Uh, Using that as a figure of speech, she doesn't literally get off to it. Although, like, listen, I don't know. Um, There's this whole segment of journalism the journalism industry that like gets off on being canceled they crave it they go for it they know that it brings attention to them and so when i was thinking about this i was like oh, it's like they have a kink for it <laughs> and i was like <laughs> okay so so as someone yeah. who has gotten into kink over the last several years i think that they would be a lot healthier if they express some of uh, their need for these True. things through kink in consensual ways instead yes. of harassing marginalized people and, yeah. um, you know, spouting off nonsense opinions. So I was sitting there and I was imagining like Matt Iglesias being like, cancel me, daddy. Like, ooh. <laughs> and now every one of our listeners is going to have that in their brain when they see his name. And I will not apologize for that. <laughs> Look, like I said, I just, I just think a lot of these folks would just be so much more emotionally healthier if if they explored some of their darker inclinations through kink instead of through being publicly messy and harmful yeah i don't know just a thought just Uh, a thought yeah that's the origin (laughs) of cancel me daddy yeah i mean look look (laughs) bullying can be fun you can have fun consensual (laughs) time being a bully it's great you can have a good time. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to play out like it's playing out right now. You can get, you can get those impulses out in healthy ways. And some people just don't want to because they're on power trips. 
So Oliver, I have a question for you. Uh, yeah, what's your question? How has your opinion on quote-unquote cancel culture changed because of this show? You know, I think that part of the reason that we we started this show is because only certain people were being platformed uh, to talk about cancel culture. And, you know, we wanted to hear and think about and talk through different perspectives. And, you know, I think that one of the reasons that that the folks being platformed are being platformed and have been platformed is there is this kernel of truth to some of what they're saying, right? And then what would happen is folks who were pushing back against that would just say that all of it was bullshit. Um, and so we were kind of able to have more nuanced conversations. But I think the the reality is that the folks who are saying those things with the kernel of truth are using that to spread disinformation and intellectually dishonest arguments. And so I think that like I have a much more nuanced understanding of cancel culture and can see that the ways that people like manipulate or, you know, take a little bit of the truth and just twist it. And I think also, like, I, I do think that some folks doing it don't understand that they're twisting this truth because they are so seeped in disinformation. They are so seeped in all of the propaganda that our society throws at us. Um, and indoctrinates us with. And so it, I don't know, it's really interesting, because I both see their bullshit more clearly. And I also have more empathy for them, even though they drive me up a wall. And I think some of them are know that they're being intellectually dishonest. Like, I think it's a mix. So I don't know. How about you? I think my opinion hasn't changed as much as yours has. <laughs> but I, I think I am a very, very cynical person. I see people who are like, made careers out of being like it is cancel culture if you punish me for not using the right pronouns for somebody and you know there were legitimately columns written about how the left are like mao doing purges because they like criticized a professor who did sexual harassment with students um or did racist stuff and those same people were just completely silent when the right went off and were like, we don't want any queer books in any of our libraries anywhere in, our, in the country. And then they didn't say anything. So I'm like, I don't really think these people had as much of a point as they wanted us to. Yeah, I, th I think the majority of them, yeah. And I also think that people like super believe their own bullshit. But I also came to appreciate... But things can go too far. I think the um, the Isabel Fell episode was sort of eye-opening to me. That was a time on Twitter that I remember being like kind of weirded out by the attack helicopter thing. But I didn't really look at it any deeper. I don't remember tweeting about it. I might have. But a lot of that discourse was driven by people who I consider to be online friends. And it made me kind of step back and reevaluate who I was boosting on social media, you know, mm. because when I boost people, it grows their profile. If I retweet somebody, they're probably going to get a follower off of it from one of my followers. And then our episodes with uh, Catherine Cross also stick out to me. That was the, the Twitter episode with Catherine Cross was hands down my favorite episode. Yeah. It completely completely transformed the way that I engage with social media and actually made me be like, I, I can't, I, I need a break. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, my, my own 
usage of Twitter has gone way down. And, you know, it's easy to sit back and say, well, because of the guy who bought company and, and the changes. But I have to be honest with you, I think that episode is an even bigger part of it because it's like I have a lot of time to think to myself. And I find myself at night, like laying in bed or like sitting on my couch watching television. And I start thinking about this stuff and I'm like, what's the point? What's the point of all of this? Like, what is the point of arguing with people on Twitter? And it, I still argue with people on Twitter, but like not nearly to the extent that I used to. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I really have to thank this show in particular for sort of teaching me that. Now, inversely, the other part of uh, uh, that I've learned out of that is that if you're not making waves, you're not getting attention. You don't get new followers. So I've like my follower mm -hmm. count has been stuck at like whatever seventy three thousand for like a year, um, and I had to learn to accept that. I think um, one thing that the show did for me was really make me reevaluate how I kind of wanted to exist in the world um, in, in a different way, but also in a similar way. And it, it made me realize that, like, I don't want to, like, be a face. I don't want to be someone who is, like, super public in, in this world. Like, I was kind of on a path to be someone who is super public in the journalism world. And, you know, like, I'm still you know, someone who like occasionally like talks on panels and, you know, I, I, I enjoy some of that work. But, you know, as I started to get offline more and get more in community, when folks recognized who I was, it made me very uncomfortable. And I realized that like it created a power dynamic that I really didn't want. Um, and because like, I, I don't know, I'm just some guy. Um, like, I don't, you know, I have, I have opinions, but like, I'm not right about everything. Yeah. I want people to think critically for themselves. And I also don't want people to like, uh, like put me on any kind of pedestal. Like I'm a yeah. flawed human. <laughs> I'm a very flawed human. And like, I'm doing my goddamn <laughs> best. Uh, we are all doing our goddamn best, yeah. but like, I'm messy and flawed. Um, and there was something about that power dynamic and that kind of parasocial relationship that that when I started recognizing that it existed a little bit for me, like I'm I'm, I'm certainly nowhere near as high profile as you are, Kate. Um, but it, it made me really question the direction that I was headed, and that's kind of something that I've been grappling with behind the scenes on the show for probably the last year, maybe. Yeah, yeah definitely the last year. Um, th there, there are a number of reasons that it makes sense for me to step away, but that's that's a big one. I wanted to sort of um, also take some time to like ask our audience, like, what would you like to see from this show too? Because this is a sort of a time where. We can really take this show in any direction where we want. Um, I know some people have asked for merch. That is on my list of things to do. It's been on my list of things to do for a very long time. And I apologize for that. One of the ideas that I had was maybe doing the occasional like stream show. I know we did that one with our first year anniversary and people really liked it. I might, you know, try that maybe once a month. I don't know. I'd love to hear feedback from people on that. Uh, so definitely tweet at me or hop in our discord um, and start a conversation about that. Um, and of course you can ask, you can access the discord 
by becoming a Patreon supporter. Definitely send Kate what you want and some of your ideas because I know she's thinking a lot about what the new era of Cancel Me Daddy is going to look like. Also, please, 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 please send goodbyes for Oliver because they deserve it. (laughs) Thank you, Kate. I almost made it without crying. (laughs) Aww. Well, you're gonna you're gonna get a last out of context cancellations <laughs> yes. with the the first official cancel daddy. Yeah, let's do the out of context cancellations. One last ride. So, what are we gonna cancel first, Kate? We are gonna start by canceling. I think we can all agree on this, by the way. We're gonna cancel evangelical Christian asshats at Pride. I think we can all get behind that. No one, no one needs that. No one needs that. Um, okay, can we cancel Amtrak Wi-Fi? Yeah, it's really bad, actually. And I guess by canceling, we should make it better, because having no Wi-Fi is probably worse than shitty Wi-Fi. <laughs> Though, actually, I don't agree. I think being able to just unplug is much better than, like, trying to be plugged in and, like, having it be frustrating. <laughs> How about, instead of that, we just have actual high-speed rail in this country? So that we're not stuck on the train for hours. That would be beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, I could go on and on and on about the Amtrak system. <laughs> That's a different show, though. <laughs> okay, so we also need to cancel identity theft. Yes. Though, actually, I think this is about canceling yeah. capitalism. Is it about Because if it weren't for capitalism, I don't think identity theft would be such a big deal. Would you not have a... Would you not have an identity if we didn't have capitalism? No, but like, what would the consequences of it be? Like, what would be the impact? Somebody could pretend to be you while they're bartering for butter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I that was that was some that was some messy galaxy brain take that <laughs> wasn't fully uh, thought through. You knew our last show was going to go off the rails eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one's personal to me because it happened to me. I actually put this in our Discord. We are going to cancel mouse shoulder. Oh no! Are you doing physical therapy? I I am doing physical therapy. Yes. Good. Do you know Do you know what mouse shoulder is? It sounds like something from like using a computer too much. Yeah. Using a mouse too much. Uh. Yeah, it's from using your mouse too much. Um. It's actually like a really painful strain on. One of the tendons attached to the bicep, um, and it's been awful. I've been dealing with it since I, I think I was starting to feel negatively about it when we released our last episode, like in August or whatever it was. So it's been mm-hmm. a thing for months and months and months. It's taken up so oh. much brain space. And I'll be honest, it's partly why we didn't release any episodes, because I was just like, I couldn't move my arm for days at a time. Like, it was terrible. Um, but getting better now. Chronic pain is awful. Yeah. Ugh, I'm glad that you are getting your physical therapy and you're getting better. Don't push yourself. The big, the biggest thing with repetitive stress injuries is not to push yourself. Yeah. Which can be so hard when you have to like work and do things. Yeah, you have to play Valorant every day. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you.
Today's show was made by me, Oliver Ash Klein, for the very last time, and my incredible co-host, Caitlin Burns. Dee Peterschmidt made our theme song and Eden M.W. designed our graphics. Our show is made possible by the incredible cancelers supporting our work, especially the member of our Cancer Hall of Fame, with the great power to cancel all enemies, Meg. We appreciate your support. Happy canceling! Happy canceling!